This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And welcome to Paradise, the Bulls Beat from the Virgin Islands, actually from our beautiful Weston Hotel in the Virgin Islands on St. Thomas, where we were calling basketball, well, not at the hotel, we were at a arena, basketball arena, hopefully you were listening. If not, we got some highlights of the Bulls winning against High Point and holding High Point to its low point in points for more than 20 years last night, 61-32. Tonight, we'll be on the air again at 5.30 Tampa time. Did you know that we are Atlantic time? We're an hour ahead actually here, so it'll be even later for us, but for you, just know that you can tune in on a Friday night at 5.30 for a 5.45 tip between the Bulls and Arizona State. More on that game and tomorrow's what looks like big challenge against Texas in our second segment, where we'll also play some key moments from the men's basketball game on Wednesday night, including something that jumped out at me that Amir Abdurrahim had to say. The Bulls are off until next week as far as the men go. But again, women tonight and tomorrow looking to have a tremendous showing here in this multi-team event. Speaking of tremendous showings, like we did on Monday's show, yes, we had to take a day off for the holiday. We did not do one on Wednesday. And believe me, I did plenty of work on Thursday, a lot actually, for Thanksgiving, but uh, Wednesday morning we slept in. And it is, as I turn around, not a bad view. Maybe I'll tweet out a photo so you guys can see what tough backdrop I'm working against. But on Monday's show, we highlighted volleyball getting the division championship. And then on Wednesday, it was going to be the difficult task of trying to defeat Rice and get the outright division championship. That and more. So we'll explain here in just a few minutes. Definitely wanted to start off with some of Alex Golish from his press conference earlier in the week. And we've been trying to gently send you in the direction, if possible, of Raymond James Stadium. And he does that. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But first, his overall comments on the team against Texas San Antonio and where the team is looking to be, but maybe isn't just yet, even though there's places they can go, namely a bowl game that they haven't been in five years. We weren't ready for the moment, you know, and, and by moment I mean playing a really good team on the road, in your conference, on national TV, just weren't ready for the moment. And I'll own it um, in terms of it's my job to get us ready, but I think as a program, we weren't ready for that moment. Um, I think at times we looked like we were, um, and I think, as you saw, the second half wind down, we certainly weren't. And I told the guys, and I really told everybody in our program, and I, I wasn't super graceful about it either, at whatever point we are ready as a program for that moment again, at whatever point that, pro, that moment comes again, our job is to be ready. And I don't mean to be super metaphorical on it or like super big picture on it, but that's got to be who we become, um, you know, and, and you can say a lot of different things. That's a really good football team. It is. It's a well-coached football team. They're in year four of building a really good football program. And I got a, a lot of respect for Jeff and, and what he's built. We're trying to accelerate the process as fast as we can to get to that point. And, and I don't want to compare us to anybody, but if you're going to say we're going to be an elite football program, that would be where you want to compare yourself to. Um, I think from a talent standpoint, we were about the same. Um, I really do, uh, in, in a lot of ways, uh, matchup for matchup, 
injuries or not, we're about the same. I think just about everybody else in that this league is as well uh, out of the teams that we've seen. But we've got to be ready for that moment in every imaginable way. We were not at whatever point we will be. And we will all be keeping an eye on UTSA and how it looks at Tulane. That is 3.30 on ABC today on Black Friday. And then tomorrow, SMU hosts Navy. You have to believe SMU is going to win. Basically, the teams playing in the championship will be the Tulane UTSA winner and SMU if it is, and SMU if it wins. If Navy knocks off SMU, then the UTSA Tulane loser comes into the mix, and it'll just come down to record or ranking at that point. So really interesting stuff. And yes, all three teams that I just mentioned are undefeated. Talking about in conference, the only conference in America that has that set up right now, and well, down the road. Interesting side note, with all the teams that are going to be in the Big Ten and the SEC, there is definitely going to be a situation where you're going to have three undefeated teams in conference, in whatever the conference is, that don't happen to play each other and get it sorted out that way. And wow, that'll be fun. Anyway, back to the Bulls and Alex Golish. And if you're on the fence about coming to the game on Saturday night, please be on the Bulls side of the fence. In terms of playing Charlotte, obviously at this point, we got to go win the game. Uh, to keep playing, and uh, that's the challenge to us. Um, we had a really good team meeting yesterday, uh, explained what's at stake. You know, you look at it, and there's there's a roster full of guys that has never been in this situation, and I feel like every week it's that. You're in a situation where, and by situation I mean it's November, you're playing for something. At some point we're going to be playing for a championship. We're clearly not there yet, but we're playing for something, and Ultimately, what we're playing for is the ability to keep playing. Um, you know, it, it's so big to play postseason football because you now get the opportunity to coach young guys. Got an opportunity to coach guys that have been on scout team or guys that haven't gotten a million reps. You get anywhere from eight to 15 opportunities to go to work with those guys. The other advantages are obvious in the sense that you've got official visits on campus, you've got recruits on campus, they're watching you practice they actually get to see a product that you're working on. And on top of that, we get to keep doing what, what we love, which is play ball and coach ball. And it sucks being home during the holidays if you coach football. It sucks being home for the holidays if you play football. And so that's what's at, at hand here. We're not hiding from that at this point. Big, big challenge for us. This, we're playing a team in Charlotte who athletically um, is really good, especially on defense. Uh, there's all sorts of guys that are really, really good do really, really good players, transfers from just about everywhere in the country uh, that athletically can go. They at spurts have played really, really good defense. Offensively, a team that's beat up, that's been beat up for a while at their best. They've played with really good football teams. Um, they're beat up at some critical spots. They keep swinging and keep fighting. So. It's a challenge for us because we've got to see what, where we are on Saturday night. And I think it'll be awesome to see how they handle this week. Pressure on them to go get it. Pressure on us to go get it. It'll be a really good challenge. My challenge to our fan base, and, and I sent the tweet out on Sunday, we got we to gotta get people in those stands. And, and I don't say it desperately. My job is to put a product out there that people want to go watch. But... We've got a bunch of recruits. We've got a bunch of official visits here. We've got 16 seniors who have been through a bunch of crap here that are, are playing for something in November. And, and I don't want to make it any bigger than it is or any smaller than it is, 
But gosh darn it, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Ain't nobody working. Get your butt to Ray J Saturday night. Students, fans, if you're a Tampa sports fan, get your butt there. I don't know how much tickets are. I can't imagine they're crazy high. Go, go get it. Um, sit your butt down. Watch, watch a bunch of dudes fly around. Have fun. And um, it'll be a, a good show. So that's my challenge to our fan base. I'd appreciate any help we can get there, putting butts in those seats. We all know what's at stake in interesting side drama. One o'clock on Saturday, UCF is hosting Houston. If UCF wins, it'll be 6-6. Six and six. And of course, if the Bulls win, same record. Both will be bowl eligible if those two teams are bowl eligible. Yes, it would not be the bowl experience of going to another city, but I can almost assure you that you would get the Warren I-4 in the Gasparilla Bowl in Raymond James Stadium. So yeah, UCF Houston, 1 o'clock, keep an eye on that. As far as Charlotte goes, the Bulls' opponent is just 3-8 and eight on the season, 2-5 and five overall, but a recent game against Memphis shows you that they're capable. In their stadium, they were ahead 38-28, but Memphis tied it and forced overtime. 44-38 was that final score. The week before, Charlotte had won in overtime at Tulsa 33-26, but then they kind of fell flat at home last week against Rice. You know, Defense, not the Owls' specialty, and Charlotte only scored seven against the Owls in a 28-7 loss, and that's been the story for Charlotte this year. Their defense has been fantastic. They've jumped 75 spots in the national rankings. They were near the bottom at 127, and they're just outside the top 50 in that category. They've got six picks in their last four games. And by the way, ask the Florida Gators how strong Charlotte's defense is. In the swamp on September the 23rd, the Gators were held to five field goals, and it was a 22-7 win. That was one of those where the Swamp Faithful were a little bit grumbly. But we just mentioned being held to seven points by Rice. They got shut out at home in their first conference home game before a filled Transamerica field, which, by the way, Winfield is less than 16,000 seats. Navy shut them out, 14 nothing. And then the next week, Charlotte only scored 10 at East Carolina, but they won 10-7 to because... They set a program record for fewest yards allowed, try 127. But offensively, passing has been an issue. Six touchdown passes between two quarterbacks. They've been going with a redshirt sophomore lately. Trexler Ivy is his name. He has four touchdowns to eight interceptions. Running a little bit stronger, Jalen Jones leads the way at 600 yards. But yeah, the Bulls should be able, you would think, to have a good defensive day and Score enough points to finish 6-6. Six and six. And by the way, they would also finish 4-4 four and four in the conference, which would have them tied for 5th unless Navy pulls off the upset of SMU. Navy is the one team at 4-3 and three right now. And if you really want a scoreboard watch on Saturday afternoon, pick SMU over Navy, Rice to beat FAU, and North Texas to beat UAB, and the Bulls will be alone in 5th place if they win because they'd be tied with two teams they beat, Navy and Rice. Get all that good. Now on to, speaking of Rice... The volleyball team is undisputed outright East Division champions in the American Athletic Conference and third in the entire league, which I want to really highlight that. Because if you've been listening to this show, we've been telling you all year long and during our volleyball broadcasts all year long that, yes, winning the East probably is going to have you fourth or fifth compared to teams in the West because better teams are in the West overall. SMU is a top 25 team. Rice is a team that has made the NCAA tournament the last five years. Wichita is good. Tulsa and North Texas, both teams who beat the Bulls, are very talented. And yet, the Bulls, entering Wednesday, thanks to some recent Rice defeats, were tied with them for third overall in the conference and a game ahead of both FAU and East Carolina in the East. But we're probably going to have to beat Rice, which is no easy thing. 
and they did it. And it was not easy at all. It was thrilling, and it was a packed corral on Wednesday early afternoon for this last match of the regular season. We hope not the last match of the entire season. We'll get there after we give you some of the highlights. And yeah, it was not on the radio. Would have loved to have been able to bring it to you, but we were, you know, in the Virgin Islands. However, Ryan Urquhart did a great job on ESPN Plus flying solo and captured the moment tremendously, and we'll use some of that audio here. Bulls rolled in the first set to show Rice that they meant business. 25-18, the Bulls had 19 kills in the set to 10 for Rice. And then the Owls completely flipped it around and had 16 kills in the second set to just four for the Bulls. To go from 19 putaways to four, well, the Bulls were challenged. And then they responded themselves, winning the third set 28-26. They were ahead for the most part in this one. In fact, ahead by as much as 15-11. to Then they got it up to 21-17, to only to see Rice get it to within one. Bulls go up 24-21. Owls take the next three points. The Bulls were down a set point after being up four. A real tilting moment in this match is called by Ryan Urquhart. From set point South Florida, it is now set point Rice. A tough serve. Hazan punches it over. A chance to take the third. Courtley handled by Andrade. Bulls staying alive. A give and go to Andrade into the rafters. And Rice trampolines it back over. Another excellent defensive play. Into the center of the strings. Bullies bulldozes through the block. And it's going to take a little bit more here in the third. Caroline Dykes, the setter, serves. Courtley is blocked. For the third time in this set, it is set point Bulls. Two of the best teams in the American in a tug of war for control in this match. On a back set right, diving in Thomas to it. Dykes, it's Maria Clara Andrade through the seam, and South Florida takes the third, 28-26. And I tell you, that set point, Maria Andrade had an incredible dig. It looked like Rice was going to win and take control of the match, as you heard Ryan Urquhart say. Andrade would lead the way with 15 kills on this day. You heard Tizzy Puyis coming through with the kills. She went for 10, her most in a match by far in more than a month. She had had six against Temple. Charlotte, 13, was her career high, so she came through on this afternoon. However, Rice, just like it responded to the first set defeat, did big time in the fourth, 25-18. So here comes the fifth set, and frankly, it looked like Rice was going to win. Bulls had a 3-1 to lead, but Rice would score the next four, and they kept that advantage. In fact, got it up to three at 9-6. to And remember, in the fifth set, you played a 15, so it was really not looking good. Then a couple of back-to-back blocks give them an 11-9 lead. They were two points from victory at 13-12. to But here's how it ended. And again, great crowd with all of this. Hassan comes through clutch. 17 kills for Busse Hassan, none bigger. And this will be the biggest serve of the day for South Florida. And it will be Busse Hassan to take it. Next point is match point. Into the block, Kashanafe stuffed it. It is match point, South Florida. Hazan serves. It's ace! The South Florida Bulls are undisputed outright champions of the East Division. 
a five-set thriller finished off with an ace from their all-star, Bose Hassan. That was pretty good, right? Bulls win it in five sets, and they are outright division champs. FAU did win its match later, so the Bulls would have ended up splitting the title with them. SMU went 18-1 and and got the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. There is no American Athletic Conference tournament, as Michael Kelly told me on Bull Speed Ahead. Hopefully you heard that on Tuesday. If not, it's on our podcast page that next year there will be a conference tournament, so the Bulls would be able to build this into perhaps making the NCAA. But as it is, they are third place by themselves. Wichita State ended up in second at 14-4. and four. It is probable that Wichita State is not going to get an NCAA tournament bid, so they should get the automatic bid to the NIVC. But after that, there's probably still going to be room for the Bulls. I happen to know that Jolene Jefferson is very confident that they'll see their name get called on Sunday night, and hopefully that is the case. We will talk about it on Monday morning for sure. Wednesday at the Yingling Center, men's basketball had a second game of the season where they struggled to hit three-pointers and, not coincidentally, a second loss. Interesting comments will play from you by Amir Abdurrahim. And then some highlights from what happened last night in Where I Am, Paradise at the Virgin Islands, a 61-32 win for women's basketball against High Point. Then we'll look forward to tonight's matchup and tomorrow's challenge with Texas when Bulls Beat continues.